Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Hapasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. We have been teaching about fruitfulness, and the more I study, the more I preach this message, the more I am convinced that this is a message for this generation. And for such a time as this, especially in this society, because we are living in America, where people have the word American dreams, American dreams, nice home, nice yard, nice job, retire early at 40 years old, and then kick back and enjoy your life. That is the American dream. But the Bible doesn't say so. Let's look at what the Bible say. I'm going to review a little bit for the first few minutes. And then go on to teach. The message today will be very strong. Do you put your seatbelt on yet? <laughs> Are you grabbing your handle? Get on the seatbelt because the message is gonna be strong that you may want to run out of the church. But put the seatbelt on so you cannot run out. John chapter 15 verses 1 to 2. I am the true vine, and my Father is the white dresser. Every branch in me. That does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Verse three: You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. And then verse four to verse eight: Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you. Unless you abide in me, I am the vine; you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Everyone say much fruit. God expects us to bear fruit, and not only bear fruit, but each year goes by, we bear more fruit, much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch. And is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire. They are burnt. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. If we love God and we want to glorify God, we cannot live a unproductive life, unfruitful life, wasted life. If we live that way, it means that we don't love God enough. If we love God, we will live a fruitful, productive life for Him. And the Bible says in verse 16, John 15:16, "You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, He may give you." From this scripture, we can see that God wants us to bear fruit and much fruit. God wants us to be productive, and we learn in the camp and the past messages that God wants us to bear fruit, and the fruit that we bear must remain. How the fruit can remain? We need to make sure that whatever we do is ignited and led by the Spirit of God. It's not done by the flesh, by the wrong desire, by the wrong motive. Because if we do everything out of the flesh, when we get to heaven. And the fire will come and burn all the works that we did on earth, and we're gonna go into the heaven with empty hand, because everything gonna be burned into the smoke. But if we serve God with the right attitude, out of the Holy Spirit, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, the fruit shall remain. And when you go to heaven, you will have a lot of rewards. You need to understand that life on earth is very short. This morning, I heard. I got the email from Thailand that one lady just passed away from cancer, and I just feel sorry for her. I know her personally, and 70 years, 80 years, 100 years on Earth are very short, relatively short, and we have next life. And if we just focus on this life, when we get there, we will be in a big remorse. We're gonna be sad because we don't prepare for eternity. God wants us to bear fruit so that we can have much reward in heaven. Amen. So the question is, how should we spend time on earth here? 
we have only a window of opportunity. We have only a short period of time on earth to bear fruit and to make our life count, so that we can have rewards in heaven, and that reward will never fade away. What should we do on earth here? Who tell us what to do? Ourselves or God? What are we doing bearing fruit? Or it's just a waste of resources and energy and time. I think this is a good question that we all need to ask ourselves each and every single day. Let's look at Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 to 28. Then Jesus said to his disciple, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires his, to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit, everyone say profit, is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? These words were spoken by Jesus Christ. This passage was mentioned again and again in the whole four gospel. It must be very important. That's why Jesus said this in the whole four gospel. And this Bible talks about life in this world and life in the next world. Look at Luke chapter 14, verse 26. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife, children, brothers, and sister, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. This scripture, I believe, talk to both the believers and the non-believers. For the unbeliever side, if they don't want God, they deny God, they love their soul, their life on earth here, they don't want to repent, Definitely, they will lose their life. They will lose their soul. I mentioned last Sunday that this world is like a big airport. Arrival and departure. Every single day, thousands of people arrive on earth as babies. And thousands of people, I don't know, I just guess thousands, maybe millions of people. Hundred thousands of people leave this world every single day. We call death. And the day of departure is going to come one day to all of us. No exception in this room. We're going to depart this world. Departure time will come. And when we get to that day, we don't have the second chance to come back and get salvation or reward. We need to make decision now what we're going to have after we depart this world. For people who don't know Jesus, they will lose their soul, their life. They will not be in heaven because their sins are not forgiven. But today, I want to emphasize the message to the believer. Can this teaching be applied to the believer? Yes. When Jesus said, you hate your own life, you deny your own life, you lose your own life, what does it mean to the believer? It means that we come to the point of disdaining anything in our life that will make our life wasted away. In other words, we have to come to the point of our life that Whatever that causes us not to be fruitful, to be wasteful, to waste our energy and time and resources, and we cannot bear fruit, we don't want to get involved with it, with the things that cause us to be unfruitful. That's what it means to lose life. I don't think that Jesus said that you hate yourself. It, he doesn't mean that way. It doesn't mean that you have to pull the knife and kill yourself and lose your life on earth here. Life here means the things on earth that consume everything in your life. You just bog down with the things on earth that your life just wastes away with those things. Amen? If we all as Christians live our life for only this world, we are throwing away good resources and time that God has given to us. As I mentioned, we have only a window of opportunity to be used by God to produce fruit to accumulate or store up treasure in heaven on earth here. Every single minute, the clock tick, tick, click, click. It's going away every single minute. We are getting older every single day. We are getting close to the day of departure every single day. We have only a limited time to bear fruit on earth here. If you live your life on earth here, all what you do is to please yourself. 
is to satisfy your flesh, is to buy your time and kill your time and make yourself comfortable. If you do that, you're throwing away the precious thing in your life, time and energy and resources that the Lord has given to you. But on the opposite way, if you deny yourself, you lose your life, you hate the things that will cause you not to be fruitful, and every day you wake up in the morning and you pray to the Lord, not what I want, what you want, Lord, today. Not what I desire, but what you desire today. What can I do, Lord, to contribute to your work? What can I do, Lord, to be able to build the kingdom of God? Maybe call somebody to encourage somebody. Maybe email somebody to say God loved you. Maybe sit down and pray for somebody. Maybe visit your mom and dad who are lonely. Call them. Send money to them. Do something to build the kingdom of God too. Let people know that God loves them. If you can do that, even though your days are clicking by, even though your life is spent, you are not wasting it away. You are spending it wisely. And when the time of departure comes and you stand before the throne of God in heaven, you will not be full of remorse because you spend your life wisely because you know that life on earth is precious and you spend your life for the kingdom of God. And you will be able to say, Lord, I have done my best. I have run the good race. I have fought the good fight of faith. And I went to the finish line. I got the job done on earth here. And the Lord will give you the rewards, the crowns of righteousness, the crown of glory. And when you are there, you say, thank God, the rust and the moth and the robber and the, no one can steal all this reward from me that will last forever. And that reward will be a reminder to you like a monument that you live your life on earth wisely. Other things on earth are going to go away one day. It will be burned. But rewards in heaven will stay forever. In John chapter 12, verse 25, He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. So the Lord warns us not to love, not to live for, not to seek goofy stuff. What is the goofy stuff? The goofy stuff is trying to seek being famous, having the most money in the world, having the biggest house than anyone in your neighborhood. These things may be good to you, but they will not last. They are here and they are gone one day. If you live for them and caught up in them, you will waste your whole life away. But if you get to the place that you hate this thing, when I say hate, I don't mean you cannot have good house. I don't mean you cannot have good car. I don't mean that you can have big bank account for your retirement. But you don't live for those things. Those things is for the kingdom of God. And you can do the work of God and you can produce fruit and you can fulfill the will of God in your life. You will not waste your time away. You will produce much and more fruit. We should not live for ourselves. We should live for the kingdom of God. Amen? Majority of people in the world, including Christians, living for their self-satisfaction. They are caught up in wanting to be known, wanting to be famous, wanting to climb the ladder of cooperation. I want to be famous. I want to make more money, more money, more money. They don't live for the kingdom of God. Look at what the Bible says as a warning. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14. Therefore he says, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Unfortunately, the majority of people in the world are in the condition either called dead or sleep. Dead people are those who are spiritually dead that don't know Jesus. They don't have the life of God in them. And they just live day by day. They think that life is all there is. They don't think about the future. They don't think about after they die, what's going to happen to them. They don't care about heaven and hell. They're just so blinded. They don't think about next life. So they are spiritually dead. And God say, arise from the dead. And then Christ will shine you light. The second group of people 
are Christians who are sleeping, and God say awake those who are sleeping. Christians who are sleeping are those who just live for themselves. They just go to church two hours a Sunday, and then after that, God is out of the window. God is out of their life. They just live their life for the lust of their flesh. They live for the the lust of the the world. They don't live for the kingdom of God. They're just in a sleeping mode all the time. And God say, "Wake up, arise, wake up, church. We need to be fruitful. We need to live for the kingdom of God. We cannot be sleeping forever." Amen. Wow, this is a wake up call now. The intellectual world. Is leading people to death. They say that there is no God. They say that life is all there is, and they live the way they are because they don't care about the future. They don't care about eternity, and they don't understand the consequences of living selfishly, and they just live to satisfy their flesh. But the reality is, eternity is real. We are spirit. Living inside the physical body, and our body will be gone one day, but the spirit will live for eternity. Our spirit either go to hell or go to heaven, and if our spirit go to heaven, are we gonna get reward? Are we gonna go there empty-handed? We all gonna stay for eternity, either in heaven or in hell. We need to make a choice first. First choice: hell or heaven. How many people want to go to heaven? Raise your hand up. Oh, I don't need to do the brain transplant. Okay, smart people want to go to heaven. Next one: Are you going to go to heaven empty-handed? Are you going to go to heaven with big reward? How many people want big reward? Raise your hand up. I want big reward in heaven. If you live your life wisely on earth here, when you get there, you will be remembered forever for what you did in the life for God's kingdom. Christians who are awake will not look for monument on earth or the trophy on earth. Here, we're looking for rewards in heaven. I believe one day when Pastor Da is in heaven, and I look at her, the crowd of glory on her head, and it will help me remember. Wow, she stay up late at night, preparing the house for the care group. She call people. She visit people. She wake up on Sunday morning to come to church to encourage people. That crowd of glory will help us to remember those good days of our life on earth forever. How many people want to be remembered forever? I want to be remembered of the good things we do on earth forever, and that's why we need to spend our life wisely. Everyone say fruitfulness, productivity, bear more fruit. Now. That's our introduction for today. <laughs> Now I'm gonna get into the message. The message is that how we're gonna live our life with more productivity, and the answer for this message. In the past, we learned that we need to spend time wisely. In the past, we learned that we need to abide in Christ. We need to connect to God all the time. Today, the message is we call the wisdom of God. Let's look at Luke chapter 12, verses 13 to 15. Luke 12, 13 to 15. Then one from the crowd said to him, "Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me." But he said to him, "Man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you?" And he said to them, "He was among the crowd. A man approached him, and then he was talking to the crowd. I believe if." Pastor Jesus is a pastor in America. A lot of people would leave the church because when this man came in, instead of say, "Oh, I feel bad for you," okay, I'm gonna talk to your brother. He turned around and say, "Take heed and be aware of covetousness." Oh, a lot of people walk out of the church right away, get mad at the pastor Jesus. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Jesus tried to say that having a lot of stuff, having a lot of money, a lot of houses, doesn't mean that you are having an important life. Don't take me wrong. We believe in prosperity. We believe that God wants to bless us. He wants to bless us financially. He wants us to give good stuff in our life so that we can 
live for the kingdom so that we can bless the world. I'm glad that the businessman has enough money to pay for the airtime for TV program in Thailand. God give his, him money so that the gospel will be preached in Thailand. Amen. And I thank God that God give our church money so that I and Pastor Da can fly to Ibaraki next month to preach the gospel over there. God still give us money, but the money will be useful if we use it to meet somebody's needs, to relieve somebody's burden, to bless somebody else. Yes, God give us enough money to take care of our own needs. Food, I and Pastor Da, sometimes we're thinking we eat so little. Sometimes we eat this much and we're full already. That's why we stay thin. Thank God. We eat so little, our stomach is so small. So actually, we don't need a lot of money to live. We need one, one pillow, one bed, one car, and eat a little bit each day. Drink some water. But why God give us so much money? Not for ourselves. So that we can help the needies. So that we can meet other people's needs. Relieve the burden of people and preach the gospel. The money will be useless if it's just the number in the electronic information of the account of somebody. But it will be useful when we use it to help people to hear the gospel, get saved, get delivered, and go to heaven with us. That's why Jesus said, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For one life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. This man was standing there. Jesus was ministering to the crowd of people, big group of people. He was watching for the opportunity. And when Jesus stopped speaking something, he sneaked in right away and said, Master, Master, I know you are a fair man. You're a man of justice. I know you're the man of authority. You heal the sick. You raise the dead up. You heal the leper. You stop the wind. You have authority. Could you please do me a favor? My brother took all the inheritance from our parents, and he did not want to share with me. Could you please go and tell my brother to be fair to me? Give part to my life. And interestingly, I think most pastors in the world want to, to keep the member in the church. Keep the members in the church. The pastor will say, Oh, I want to hold your hand. Oh, I'm going to talk to your brother for you. You deserve this money. But Jesus said, very strong word, Take heed and beware of covetousness. You need to thank God if your pastor is strong sometime. And say, hey, repent. Shape up your life. Don't do like that. You should be thankful if you have a very strong pastor. Amen. I need to get stronger. And after Jesus said that, he explained what he said in Luke chapter 12, verses 16 to 21. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully, and he thought within himself. Listen carefully. He thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Since I have no room to store my crops. So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my, everyone say my, barns and build greater. And there I will store all my, all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul. So you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, everyone say fool. fool. This night your soul will be required of you, meaning he's going to die that night. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Jesus called this man a fool. And what is the opposite to the fool? The opposite to the fool is the wise. If we don't want to live like this man, we need to have the wisdom of God. And thank God, you are all the candidate to receive the wisdom of God. 
Because if you are born again Christian, you have the spirit of wisdom on the inside of you. And if you are a born Christian, the spirit of wisdom can give you the words of wisdom how to live your life wisely, not to waste away or throw away in the garbage can. And one day when you get to heaven, you will feel regret. You will feel remorse. Amen? What is wisdom? When a wise person has the wisdom from God, he is able to discern what is profitable and what is not profitable. What is valuable and what is not valuable. What is good and what is bad. What is a waste of time and what will be a good investment of his time, energy, and resources. A fool does not discern. A fool thinks that something is valuable, but it is not. Like that man. I, I, I. He just thinks about himself. And the Lord will reveal what is good, what is profitable, what is not profitable to us by the Spirit of God, the Spirit of wisdom, and by the words of wisdom. So that we will know what is good and what is not good. We will know what is the dead stuff in our life that we need to prune it out, cut it off, so that it will not wear us down every single day. We need to stop something. Like I mentioned to you, I stopped using Facebook lately because I feel that I have no time to play Facebook anymore. I need to cut it off. I don't mean Facebook is bad. I just myself. I need to cut it off for now. Because I need to spend more time recording teaching for Japan and for China. So I need to cut something off for my life. Amen? Some weight needs to be cut off. And what is a good fruit? We will be able to discern how we're going to spend time, energy, and resources. This man was a fool. Why was he a fool? Because he had a wrong focus. What he thought was valuable was not truly valuable. And the Bible says, where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. What is his focus? His focus is, I, I, I. My, me, my, and I. His focus is himself. His focus is his ease, his enjoyment, his comfortable life. Does this sound like a lot of people in America right now? That people just live for themselves? I'm going to get retired fast. I'm going to have a lot of money. I'm going to live for myself. I care about my home. I don't care what happened to the church. I don't care what happened to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He thought to himself, Oh man, if I can just build a bigger barn, put all the stuff in there, whew, I can retire at 45 years old. And I can kick back, watch TV all day, all night, play the YouTube and internet. And I can drink and eat and have fun. And Jesus say, you don't know you're going to be gone tonight. You're going to have a departure out of here, out of this airport. When you're gone, sorry, you cannot bring even one penny with you. Let me ask you this question. How long will it be before you and I depart this world? How long? Long time or short time? Relatively short. I mentioned last Sunday, if we have 20 more years to live, okay, if you're 50 years old, you live 20 more years. You have only 1,000 weeks left. If you live another 30 years, you have only 1,500 weeks left. And we just met each other last Sunday. Each week has gone by very fast. Boom, boom, boom. The answer short will not scare and will not bother people who know Jesus Christ. Because we know that after we leave this world, we're going to spend eternity in heaven with good rewards. We, we are not scared of leaving this world or departure. For people who don't know God, they will be concerned about dying. Because after that, they don't know where they're going to be. It's very unsure, very uncertain. So, what should we concern about? What we should concern right now? Now I come to the point. What should we concern about life? Is it about money? About comfortable life? About retirement? What we should concern is the question. What I am doing right now? What am I doing right now from now to the day of my departure from the world? What are you doing from now to that day? That is a big good question. 
that we all need to know and have the answer. And only the Spirit of the Living God can help you with the wisdom how you spend your life from today on to the day of your departure. For my life, the things that scare me the most is the question: Do I disobey God? Am I doing the will of God right now? That is my biggest concern. Yes, I need to spend money wisely, save money for my wife and my kids. If I pass away, I need to make sure that I can still travel all over the world when I. Retired from my medical work, I'm not going to retire from the ministry, but I may retire from being a surgeon one day. So I plan ahead. When I turn 65, 75, I still need to fly and need to preach the gospel everywhere. So I plan financially, but that is not the, my biggest concern. My biggest concern is that how do I spend my time today, each day, to bear fruit for the Lord? Oh, my concern is just how to live comfortably. How to make more money? Oh, I need to get my kids to school first. When my kids graduate from college, when I pay off my mortgage, then I will serve God. But you know, you will never serve God if you have that thought. Why? Because the devil, Satan, gonna come with another thing to you to put you off again another year. And then after you get ready, you say, "Oh, I pay off my mortgage. I send my kids to college already." Then. The devil will send you another one to put you off again, and you keep putting off, putting off, putting off, and suddenly you find out that you are on a deathbed in the hospital, and it's a time of departure is coming in a few minutes, and you say, "Oops, I miss it," because I'm so concerned with all this thing of the world. I love this life too much, and I forget about the life when I departure. This message. Is to warn the church: Wake up, wake up! Don't be sleeping. Amen. Did this man in the book of Luke plan something? Yes, he planned something. He planned to take care of himself. He planned to be comfortable. He wanted to enjoy life. Is enjoying life wrong? No, it's not wrong. But if that all that you care about is wrong, we should live for the kingdom. I want to tell you, life on earth is a time to work. Life on earth is a time to work and bear fruit. You're gonna have eternity to kick back and relax in heaven and enjoy the presence of God for eternity. We have only um ten, twenty, thirty, forty years on earth here. Let's get to work. Why we need to get to work for God? Because the field is ripe. The harvest is plentiful, and the laborers are few. Unfortunately, a small percentage of Christians care about preaching the gospel, care about people go to heaven or hell or not. Even much less believer give financial support to the gospel, work for it, and go out on the street to preach the gospel. Less people fly out to another country to preach the gospel. I think this is the message to wake you up. That we cannot just live for our own life, for our nice home, nice yard, nice car. We need to think about living for the gospel, bearing the fruit that will remain. The Bible says that the Lord Jesus is waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. What is the precious fruit? The soul of people who are going to go to heaven with us. The Bible says, "Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then, whose will those things be which you have provided?" So is he who lays up treasure for himself? Jesus talked to this man that he is selfish. Does it take a lot of energy to be selfish? No, it's so easy to be selfish. You wake up in the morning, and you just follow your mind. You just follow your feeling, because the human nature is self-centeredness, selfishness, and self-gratification. I'm gonna live for myself. The man in Luke chapter 12 thought within himself. Talk to himself, share about himself, me, I, I, my. All day long, what he think is me. That is immaturity. If you always think about yourself, you are immature. But if you think about the kingdom of God, you are mature. Instead of thinking, who gonna greet me in the church? You should walk to the church. Who should I greet? 
Who should I go encourage? Who should I go and shake hand and say God loved you? Because you don't think about yourself. Thinking about yourself is a sign of immaturity. As a born again Christian, we have the spirit of wisdom in the inside of us. We have the word of wisdom on the inside of us. We are chosen, and we are ordained to bear fruit. So we need to follow the spirit of wisdom. Can we become more fruitful? Can our church become more fruitful? Yes. How we can do that? Listen to the spirit of wisdom. Hook up to the words of knowledge and word of wisdom from heaven. It's interesting. A man who is called a man of wisdom. He wrote the book of the book of Ecclesiastes. God gave him so much wisdom that he is well known all over the world. King Solomon. This is what he say. In the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 2, verse 11. Then I look on all the works that my hand had done, and on the labor in which I had toiled. And indeed, all was vanity and grasping of the wind. There was no profit under the sun. The man of wisdom said, what I invest, what I did, I build a house, I do this, I marry, I buy the car, all these things, everyone in the world have been doing it. And he said, all of these things called vanity, grasping of the wind. What does it mean when King Solomon say vanity? It means, what is the point? I was doing that. I was spending my energy, my time, my resources for all the things that are going to waste away anyway. After I die, I cannot take it with me. I go to heaven empty-handed. I go to heaven, I have no reward. I just waste my life away. What is the point of doing all this thing? He calls vanity. Those things that I do, building all these things in the world, have no lasting eternal benefits and profit at all. Oh, I hope that we will not one day before we die, we say vanity, grasping of the wind. There is no profit in it. Wake up. And depend on the spirit of wisdom. A fool never think about the future. A fool never think about eternity. A fool will do something that trap himself into destruction. But a wise man will not waste his life away. A wise man know what is coming. A wise man know what is good, what is profitable and what is unprofitable. A wise man know how to spend time wisely. A wise man will not spend time on the thing that mean nothing for eternity. When he wakes up, he look back and say, Thank God, I listened to the Spirit of God and I have done the right thing in my life and I store up treasure in heaven that will last for eternity. I have brought many souls to the kingdom of God with me, with my money, with my wisdom and anointing. How many people want to be a wise man? I hope this message will wake you up. Amen? We should live for the kingdom of God so that we will not regret on that day when we get to heaven. We must obey the voice of the Holy Spirit that He will give us wisdom so that we will not regret that we waste our time away doing wrong things. Every believer has the Spirit of God. The problem is, I notice, every believer should hook up to the Holy Spirit, listen to the Spirit of God who gives you word of wisdom. There are a few kinds of believers in the church. The first kind, the believer who love the Holy Spirit, know the Holy Spirit, honor the Holy Spirit, listen to the Holy Spirit all the time, value what the Spirit of God says all the time. Another kind of believer is the believer who don't even know about the Holy Spirit, never been taught in the church, never heard about the Holy Spirit, don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. Another kind of believer are those who know about the Holy Spirit, but ignore him completely all the time, 24-7. Put him off. When he says something, oh, God, I don't care. Put him off. Procrastinate. Whatever the Spirit of God say, I'm too busy. So if you keep doing that, you know what happened to your spirit? You will become duller and duller. And eventually you will not hear the voice of God anymore. But if you're sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit, and you follow the voice of the Holy Spirit, you will be more sensitive to the Spirit of God. Amen? And you will make less mistakes. You will make less mistakes in your work, in your ministry, in your family life, 
the spirit of God may tell you you forget something. You know when you forget something, something may not cost you that much, but if you forget something, that thing may cost you tremendously. Cost you even life. You need to listen to God. Amen. I just have experience. Last week, I operate on a man, and the MRI scan did not show the problem because it was moving too much in the MRI picture. I saw only three or four problem. I fixed it, but actually, after I went home, I felt in my spirit that may not fix the problem, and it's true. Two days later, he still have a lot of leg pain. He could not even stand up. He has to lie down all the time. The Spirit of God told me right away, "You miss something. You forget something." So I sent him back to the MRI. I feel in my spirit. God tell me, wisdom of God, something is missing, because that picture was not good enough, and I feel bad about it. Actually, I should have sent him back because I tried to save money. I didn't send him because MRI each time one thousand bucks. So I sent him back to MRI. Exactly, he has a big disc that was not seen in the first picture because his body was moving. I took him back right away that evening. Took the big piece out about this big, my thumb. He woke up, he walked, he stand, he went home. He was happy. The spirit of wisdom, telling you what to do. You need to listen to the spirit of wisdom all the time. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues. Listen to the spirit of God. If you are guided by the spirit 20 years ago, it doesn't mean that you are guided by Him today. You need to be guided by the Spirit of God, the wisdom of God, every single day, 24/7. What to do, what not to do, what is good, what is not good. This is the friend that you should not associate with. If she come around your wife, I'm not talking about this friend. I'm talking about other friend. <laughs> My wife have five friends from Thailand. They are good friend, but some friend, some friend of your kids, the Spirit of God will say, "Don't let your kid associate with this friend." They're going to destroy your kids. The Spirit of God will tell you. Amen? Be guided by the Spirit of God all the time. I'm going to conclude the sermon by reading. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 10. This is a practical point now. Practical point. How to be led by the Spirit. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 10. If the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength. But wisdom brings success. In King James Version say, if the iron be blunt and he do not wet the edge, then must he put to more strength. But the wisdom, the wisdom of God, is profitable to direct. Everyone say, wisdom is profitable. What does it mean, profit? If you have worked for six months, you have spent money, Time, energy, resources for the whole six months, and the outcome is you get the same amount out of that work. It means you get no profit. Is that right? It's not a good expenditure of your time and effort. It was worth nothing. You don't make any profit. God wants us to make profit, and who gonna cause us, direct us to profit? Who gonna take us to the profit? Look at. Isaiah 48, verse 15 and verse 17. I mean God. Even I have spoken. Yes, I have called him. I have brought him. God brought him and his way will prosper. God will lead you to make profit and prosper. Isaiah 48, verse 17. Thus said the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. The Bible says, wisdom of God is profitable to direct. This scripture says, God leads you by the way you should go so that you can have profit. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, chapter 16, verse 7, when a man's way pleased the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. So we need to be led by the Spirit of the living God. Let me conclude this sermon by sharing this example of the axe quickly and then we close. Suppose a man 
get his axe and he plans to go out into the wood and chop the trees down but the axe is blunt so he goes out right away with the axe and he bang on the tree from 7 a.m. he keep banging banging hitting and the barks fly over the place but the tree didn't come down he keep banging banging until noon the tree is still there standing up but you have wisdom you instead of going out with the axe right away you spend time praying we call preparation you pray in tongues you listen to god you spend 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. praying seeking praying in tongues sharpen your axe getting the wisdom from god listening to god and while you're praying and preparing yourself Getting the axe sharpened because the wisdom. At 10 a.m., God say, go to that tree. Hit here. Hit there. And your axe is sharpened now, ready to go. He got out at 7 a.m. You got out at 10 a.m. You hit three times, the tree come down. Then you go to the next tree. You hit three times, the tree come down. By noon, you got five trees. And the first man get nothing. Wisdom is profitable to direct. We need to have a time of preparation. Amen? That's why the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 2. I'm going to conclude here. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. What does it mean? i explain to you. A lot of Christians, a lot of people are very workaholic. Like to keep going, running, doing, doing, do. I want to do, I want to do, do this, do that. But no wisdom. Like a first man. Going out, hey, go to that meeting, go to do this, go do this. No wisdom at all. No, never get any voice from God. God never tell them. They just keep running around. No wisdom, no knowledge. And they just waste their time away. They just keep wasting their time away. Doing this, doing that. The time just keep wasting away. I want to tell you. If you need wisdom from God, sometimes you have to pull back and quiet, pray, listening. Don't jump in. Don't do things right away. There is a time of preparation. Many years ago, I cannot move in the file of God in Thailand and Japan. Why? Because I was not ready. God has to prepare me for years and years, teach me, show me things, until I was ready in year 2004. Then I went to Thailand. And I was not ready for Japan either many years ago. Now I'm ready to go to Japan. It's the timing. You need some preparation. You need to listen to the Spirit of God and wait for God's timing because you're going to get more result, more profit than you running out on your own self, doing your own stuff, just keep being zealous, but no knowledge, no wisdom. We need to listen to God. The timing of God. The preparation of God. Hook up to the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the fire of God. Listen to the Spirit of God 24-7. Let God speak to you. That's why our church teach a, a lot about the Holy Spirit. That's why we lay hand on people to teach people how to hook up to the Holy Spirit in a meeting. Because if you say no to the Holy Spirit in a meeting here where everyone loves you, I can guarantee you're going to say no to the Holy Spirit in the operating room. In the workplace, you will not even care about Him. We train you to hook up to the Holy Spirit. Our church believes the importance of the leading and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to make your life profitable, to make your life fruitful. We have only one life to live. We don't have a lot of time on earth here. We need the Holy Spirit to guide you, to guide us, to help us. Amen? Don't go to churches for social. Oh, my in-law is there. I go there because my in-law. No, the church is a school. The church is a training ground. The church is like a Bible school. The church is a place that you get trained. How to be fruitful for God. You have only one life to live. You go to church where you get trained, where you learn how to hook up to the Holy Spirit, where you are corrected, where you will be built up. Amen. No time to play around on earth here. Amen. That's why preaching on Sunday here is not never be uh, uh, just tickling your ear on Sunday here. 
I don't believe in tickling your people ear. I speak the truth. You will repent, change, and move on, or you get out of this house and bye bye. You have to make choice. Amen. How many people want to be strong and be fruitful? We need to get prepared. We need to be hooked up to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Get serious. Everyone say, bear fruit, much fruit, the wisdom of God, the Spirit of wisdom. One day we're going to depart. We don't know when. It can be tomorrow. It can be 10 years from now. Let's start life right now on earth to be fruitful from today on. Don't waste your time any longer. Start to be fruitful. Lose your life. Hate your life. But love life in heaven. Think about eternity. Amen. Parents in this room, I want to encourage you. Our church will train your kids the same way. We don't want your kids to grow up to love the world, get out and enjoy college and friends and blah, 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 blah. No, we're going to train your kids to be soldiers of God, live for the kingdom of God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. No time to play around. Life is too short. If you notice, when Jesus was on earth, he did not have a lot of program to play around with teenagers. He just said, repent, don't love money, lay hand, cast out demons. Jesus did not play around. Jesus was serious. He was speaking very serious words for people to repent. Amen? I want Jesus to be pastor in this church. Amen. The church may be empty though in America. How many people like Jesus' way? I like Jesus' way. I have no time to play around. Amen. <laughs> Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much, Lord, for your word. We thank you for waking us up from the sleeping condition. That many of us, Lord, are sleeping, living our life for only the life on earth here. And we don't care about the life in eternity. Oh Lord, help us to rise up from the sleep, awake, so that we can be fruitful. Help us to abide in Jesus. Teach us how to hook up to the Holy Spirit. Help us to prepare to sharpen the axe, to get the wisdom that is profitable to direct us each day. Each minute, every resource, every strength that we have will not waste away for the things of the world. We don't want to go to heaven empty-handed. We want to have, Lord, rewards in heaven. We want to produce the works that will remain for eternity, that will be able to stand the fire at the judgment throne of Christ. It will be like gold and silver, not the wood and the hay that will be burned as smoke. Oh Lord, help members in this church. Help your people not to be in the sleeping condition. Oh Lord, we thank you so much for your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to ask a question. If, is there anyone in this room not sure that after you die you will go to heaven? And you say, God, I know I'm, I'm not from monkey. How many people think that your wife comes from mon monkey? Raise your hand up. My wife doesn't come from monkey. She was created by God. Monkey doesn't know how to cook jai yo. My wife cook jai yo. You know jai yo means? How many people know jai yo? Oh, you don't know jai yo. Vietnamese egg roll, jai yo. Oh, so good. Come to my house, eat jai yo. She knows how to cook steak. Monkeys never cook steak, never make hairstyle, never make nail. We don't come from monkey. We were created in the image of God. God is real. You look at human, you know God is real. We are not monkeys and apes. Thank God. And God wants you to come back to Him, to be His children, to walk with Him. I want to encourage you. 
to give your life back to God. Come back home. Become a child of God through Jesus Christ, who died on the cross and pay for your sin. How many people want to be a child of God? Raise your hand up. A child of God want to go to heaven? Raise your hand up. Keep your hand up and pray with me. Father in heaven, I thank you, Lord. I did not come from monkey. I was created by you in your image. I know how to cook, to make hairstyle. I love beauty like you love beauty. You give us wisdom. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving my sin and paying the penalty of sin for me. By the death of Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I want to go to heaven. I want my sins forgiven. From today on, I don't want to waste my life away. I want to bear fruit. The fruit that will remain. When I go to heaven, I have a lot of rewards. Truck Lord's reward. Memory. When I look at those rewards, it will be remembered what I did on earth. Give me wisdom, Lord. How to live wisely on earth here. That I will spend my energy, my time, my resources wisely to produce fruit, to be productive for the fruit that will remain. We thank you, Lord, for waking the church up. We don't want to sleep. We want to be alive and well. Thank you, Jesus. In your name, I pray. Amen. Give the mighty hand of praises to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you just accepted Christ today, I want to encourage you. Faith has to grow. You cannot just accept Christ and disappear. You need to find a good church, read the Bible, listen to the Word of God. That's why we produce CD for you to listen. Listen to the preaching, filled with the Holy Spirit. Believe me, I have been a Christian for more than 30 years now. It's worth it. All the time that I spend in the church, all the money and all the things that I invest in the kingdom of God over the past 30 years, Pastor Da can be my witness. It pay off. What God gives back to me, what God bless me, is more than what I give to Him. To go to church, to read the Bible, to all these things. Good health, prosperity, success, happiness, good family, good kids, good grandkids, all these things. Blessing will go to the thousand generations after you. Give to God. Go to church every Sunday. Read the Bible. You can learn a lot from the Bible. The Bible is an amazing book. You can learn a lot from the Bible. You will be powerful and strong people of God because you know the Word of God. Amen? I want to encourage you not to just accept Christ and disappear. Go to church every Sunday. Find a good church to go. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray that the grace of God will be abundant in every soul in this room. Oh Lord, when they cried out to you in the name of Jesus, in every circumstance, you will meet them there, meet their needs, Lord. Oh Lord, I pray that no sickness, no poverty, no demons, no evil spirit can enter their home. Oh Lord, use them, bless them to be the blessing to the nations, Lord that their life shall we go higher and higher into the mountains of God. Oh Lord, they will be fruitful all the days of their life, Father. Bear much fruit to glorify your name. I bless them indeed in Jesus' mighty name. 
Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. To them all gathered in your name, I lift to you.